Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. Welcome back. Our special guest today is Arvi Wolfson. Arvi hails from Boston in the United States and he tells me the temperature's in the in the 70s, which is very pleasant. So by Australian standards, that'll be, uh, you know, in the, in the, the t- mid to late, mid to low 20s, um, very civilised weather. Uh, Arvi leverages a career as a licensed realtor, professional salesperson, three-time axe-throwing champion and best-selling author to help audiences directly as a professional speaker. Uh, he's an expert in resilience, entrepreneurship and self-discovery and inspires others with his story of overcoming childhood trauma and mental health challenges and finding work-life balance. In addition, he's a proponent of failure as a part of the success process, giving back positively into the universe by paying it forward. Um, Audiences and critics find him creative, humble, honest, and smart, and adept at growing organisations by helping people into better positions where they're happy and flourish. So Avi, delighted to have you with us today. And we're gonna talk about the top five tips for brilliant success strategies to lead with impeccable innovation and galvanized growth. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear what you've got to share. Tip number one, what have you got for us? Well, firstly, thank you so much, Lindsay and uh, Lindsay and uh, Rail. A true honor to be here. Really, really grateful to you and for your time. Um, so yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, so my first business tip is reciprocation. And so a lot of people ask, well, why does this work? And it's really quite simple. So when you do something for somebody else, most of the time, it is nature. When you give, somebody will want to return that favor, right? So it's it's something that is important to understand and not overlook, right? Because relationships are two-way exchange, right? And if it's just one-sided and you're just giving and giving and giving, well, what are you doing in the scenario when somebody doesn't reciprocate back? Well, you have to gauge. Do you want to give this some more time? Do you want to call them out and say, hey, you know, like, this is my expectation. Set that boundary of how you want this relationship to be. And if you're giving and you're not getting anything in return, you have to make a decision if you want to give it more time, right? Because I think that relationships can take history and time. They don't just happen overnight, right? Uh, My closest friends, I have a few of them, but they're good friends. And they're the ones I have the longest history with since I was very young. Um, so a huge component of that relationship is history and building it. And, but the core component of uh, one of the core components is reciprocation. And you have to decide for yourself how much time you want to give to nurture that relationship and see if that blossoms or if it doesn't. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's one key component that I would say is very important in business. So, okay. But so let's talk about that and. Uh, you know, we've we've had people who were acquaintances over the years who who try to keep a score of reciprocation, and that failed the relationship because they were giving in in order to receive, not giving in order to potentially receive. How do you change that mindset? You have to, what you have to do because that's a great point and something to think about. You have to understand that you have to go in with this with no expectations. And I know that that can be a tough thing to do, but if you go out in life and you expect to get something in return for everything that you do, you're going to be severely disappointed because I think humans, we are inherently um, selfish. And what I mean by that is I think that 
our DNA is that structure in a way that we survive. And that survival means taking care of ourselves first before other people, right? Um, you know, we know uh, Maslow's hierarchy, right? Our, the basic needs, everything and in and, and that sense. So um, it, it you have to go in with no expectations. If you go in with expectations, like, yeah, that's going to be really rough. Um, so my advice to that is to just put your best foot forward and your true friends and the good relationships will reveal themselves to you. And the ones that don't make a decision in your mind, be decisive about where you want to draw that line and then move on. And, and it's that simple. One, isn't it? The, um, the law of reciprocity is a very powerful one. Uh, you know, I think the oldest example is, is the old Christmas card. Now, many Christmas cards are almost dead now. But, uh, you know, I remember my mum, she would receive a Christmas card from, uh, you know, from a friend. She'd go, oh, my goodness, I didn't send her one. And she would quickly <laughs> run to the kitchen table and write out a card and post it back, you know, because uh, she had to equal out that reciprocity. You know, it's so funny because I am also a public speaker. And one of the things I literally was just learning the other day in my course was the 1% that actually write handwritten notes to, uh, to event planners. It's a very, very small percentage of speakers that actually do that. But the 1% or whatever percentage it is, the very minor amount, wow, boy, does it make a huge difference in generating referral business. It's so important. And yes, I think there is this sense of that's going out of style. We're in a more digital age now, but those old components uh, are still very relative and important not to yeah. overlook. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do that because my no one can ever read my handwriting, which is, uh, <laughs> it's taken me, you know, 17 years with some of my staff who can now interpret my scrolls on a piece of paper. <laughs> so, you should have been a doctor, Ryle. Yeah, I, that's what my mother <laughs> said. Um, okay, so Avi, hit us up. Tip number two for brilliant business success strategies to lead with impeccable innovation and galvanized growth. Do not reinvent the wheel. Now, there's two sides to this wheel. The first one is, as it says, don't reinvent it, meaning uh, it's a waste. If somebody has already created the, a wheel for whatever that medium looks like, it's a waste of time and money, right? Because somebody else, and I don't care, it doesn't matter if it's like business or whatever it may be, they've put in all the effort, time and money into it. So an example of that would be if you're starting a business and you're trying to figure out what your branding colors are, the first thing that I do is I look to the biggest brands in, in the world that are the most successful. And I literally look at how their style is, the colors they use, and I take that information as this is a wheel that has already been invented. Somebody that created a concept that invested and put tons of time and money into it. Why do I need to come up with something from scratch that might be complete crap when I know that this particular style works? And when I say that, I don't mean to make a carbon copy of it. I mean to take an element of that and make it uniquely your own. So don't reinvent the wheel. Find what somebody else has already done successfully and then incorporate it into your plan. Um, and then the other side to that wheel is um, if it's, there's, the, there's that saying, and then there's the saying, if there's room for improvement, what are we waiting for, right? Let's make it better, right? So to that, like uh, there's a good example I have, which was um, there was this juicer that was made in Silicon Valley called Juicero. And, uh, 
this juicer was way over-engineered. And what ended up coming out was that people were able to squeeze it and get the same amount of juice uh, <laughs> in instead of buying a $400 machine, right? Like absolute nonsense. Like that video totally like destroyed their brand. Like, um, you know, like over-engineered, it's completely useless. It has no purpose. Like you or I, any average Joe could squeeze it in faster time and, uh, and result in the same amount of juice. So that is something like an extreme example, but like you can make things better, right? You can find other areas of opportunities. Um, so the point about the juicer is to not go to an extreme, right? Because when you reach yeah. an extreme, you lose sense of the solution, right? What is the problem we're solving? If you over, if you go over the top, you're actually hurting yourself, like in this example. But if you can take something, you can solve a problem or you find something else um, and you make it better, that's huge. And I guess I would give one more example to that, which is um, I also work for a telecommunication telecommunications platform, uh, which is called Bigly Sales. And we provide um, premium data leads that are backed by AI technology. And that is a very uh, useful solution because it's highly customized and it is a great solution because everybody in business needs leads, right? We need leads to grow. So it's a great, it's a great solution. Uh, it's, it's highly customized. At the end of the day, it saves businesses time, money, and effort. Um, it's a really great solution. Uh, the AI does everything that, uh, and it, it improves and gets better with time. So that's like a good example that I would give not to toot my own horn, but, um, <laughs> of like uh, a product that does a good job of solving a market need. Okay, um, some great examples there. So let's move on to tip number three. This is something I learned from uh, some of my distant family um, that has rung, always been very true to me and it's something I believe in, which is that there is enough to go around. And I know that people, you know, we have this mentality, right? Like my competition, I have to worry about my competition. They're taking my business, they're stealing my business. How am I going to undercut them? And so we can gain the upper hand. And this, this thought process is, I think, a very old school one. And I think like the better way to look at it is, hey, how can I make this a win-win opportunity? How can we share the same customers and extract more money from them collaboratively and both benefit without having to like continuously spend time, waste time, effort, and money on trying to knock somebody else's power down to build, to make yours higher, right? As opposed to building both of each other's towers up, right? Uh, so it's it, that that mentality has always rung very true to me. Um, and I'm not saying that there's ever uh, uh, circumstances where um, there's a limited, uh, you know, uh, market, right? And maybe there aren't a lot of people. Maybe it is quite limited. But still, taking the time to figure out how you can capitalize that and win and extract more collaboratively is a much smarter business move, in my opinion. Fantastic. I mean, it, it's interesting that the whole idea, and, and, and Lindsay and I are both professional speakers, and, and, and I was at the American NSA convention recently, and, and the theme that was repeated there, and there were over 1,200 delegates, was that the, the that Cabot Robert, who actually founded National Speakers Association, got a group of other speakers together and said, Let's not split the pie into more pieces. Let's just make the pie a whole lot bigger. And and it was their 50th anniversary of the association. And that statement of Cavett Robert was repeated over and over again over the four days of the conference about making the pie bigger and not making it into smaller pieces. So, uh, you know, 
Exactly. There's there's more than enough to go around. And and moving off from that, what is your fourth tip for uh, brilliant business success strategies to lead with impeccable innovation and galvanized growth? Respect starts with self-respect. And if we remain bitter, we'll always be in a perpetual state of never getting better. So what does exemplifying self-respect means? That is something that uh, we have to look internally at ourselves and value our own worth, right? So many times we're trying so hard to impress somebody else or reach a certain expectation, or I need to look good for this person. I need to look this way. I need to look that way. The, per- the only person we should be looking at is to be a better person than the one we were yesterday. Um, and so the side effects of being better, right? Because this is one thing that my, um, uh, something I learned from a manager, which was um, nobody likes working with people that are bitter, right? It's, it's this <laughs> thing. It's like, it's like jealousy, right? There is nothing good that comes from that. Absolutely nothing. It's all negative, all negative energy. It doesn't help us. It hinders our personal development and professional growth. So if you feel better, um, I don't know if you need a therapist or whatever it is to take that and, and as quickly as possible, find a way to let it go. And I'm not saying that we ever, we never face injustices in this world because that happens too. But harboring bitter is a very negative energy that people will sense and it will ultimately hold us back in the limited time that we have, right? So letting go of bitterness will help us to set us on a positive path forward to accomplishing more of our goals and desires um, to bring about more positive change, right? So um, it's something to really be aware of because it's so easy to just get stuck in that state and not even realize how it affects ourselves internally and those to us externally. I recall uh, years ago I worked in the Australian Taxation Office and one of my bosses, he was an interesting guy, he... um, he said, "If you if you're working with someone or something that you you're uncomfortable with, he said, f- find just one small thing to focus on that's positive and and amplify the positive, uh, rather than focusing on the overwhelming. I'm not happy with this situation. I've done that with my um. I'm separated. My daughter's mother. It's so hard. I only think of negative things, but I try my hardest to just think of one positive thing. And man, that makes my kids so happy when I say something positive, even though it's easier to focus on the negative, but." Just find it's to your point. Finding the positive things is the the light within the darkness, right? So it's absolutely a great, great, great point. Okay, so let's um, let's bring it home with tip number five. What have you got? Always keep your victory glasses on. What are victory glasses? Victory glasses are essentially when we lose at something, when we don't succeed. It's you know society teaches us oh it's a failure it's terrible it's bad failing is bad there are victories to be found even within failures because failure is part of the process of learning and achieving success and through trial and error life is one long ongoing boxing match losing one round or failing at something does not make us a failure for our entire lives even the greatest of the greats, uh, Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, they got knocked down. But it's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's about how many times you get back up. And when you do get knocked down, what did you learn? What can you take with you so that when you encounter this scenario again in life, wherever that may be in business or whatever, whatever it is, you learned something from that time you got knocked down or you didn't win and you come back harder and stronger 
than you were before. So it's important to take the lesson and learn it and, and bring it with you and to realize that there are victories to be seen even within our own losses. Okay, I think that's, that's a really, really important point. And, uh, but I'm disappointed. I thought the victory glass might be filled with alcohol. But anyway, let, let's. <laughs> um, it sounds so, more fun, doesn't it? <laughs> so, Abby, um, if our uh, listeners would like to get hold of you, reach out to you for uh, your advice, your help, you as a speaker, how, what is the best way of getting hold of you? best way where i do most of my communication is all through linkedin uh i can provide you with my link but if you type in my name in linkedin avi avi wolf son w-o-l-f-s-o-n uh i'd pop up right away on linkedin um anybody can connect with me on there always happy to um share advice see if we can find any win-wins together collaboratively or if you just want to pick my brain about something i am happy to help however i can because i believe that is part of my purpose um and then as for the projects i have going on uh, i would just say my parenting newsletter is something i'm really pushing right now um that's called all-star parent and it's allstarparent.substack.com it's a free parenting newsletter for all things parenting uh, we take all of the best parenting advice from the uh, top thought leaders in the parenting space, and we take their hour-long podcasts and break them down into just a quick five-minute read because parents have limited time, and uh, that is what they're looking for, quick answers to their uh, problems. Sounds great. We'll include that in the show notes. So with that, Avi, um, th from, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, it's been great having you here with us. So I'm going to uh, to wrap us up. Um, Arvi Wolfson coming to us from Boston in the US um, and my colleague Raoul Bricker in Perth, Western Australia, and myself in Brisbane, Australia, signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you, Raoul.